Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. This morning, we're finishing this message series called Sacred Selfie, and uh, what I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk to you about rest, and how do we truly find rest in Christ? Because I don't know about you, but there's so many times every day, it seems like every day, multiple times a day, I am just overwhelmed with something. Have any of you just ever get really overwhelmed and like, I don't even, I can't even do anything else anymore because I'm just so overwhelmed. Like, like I, I probably get to that like once a day sometimes. Like, like just stop talking to me. Like, I've got too much going on. And, and so we... So today, we're going to really tackle that issue of rest, and I really do believe that our culture has a really hard time just resting and finding out what rest is, and I really can't think of a more appropriate way uh, to start this message than with some lines from this all-time classic movie, one of my favorite movies. It is Napoleon Dynamite, all right? Uh, (laughs) uh, There's this line in Napoleon Dynamite. I'm going to read it to you. where Kip, at the end of the movie, if you've ever seen the movie, you, you know that Kip and LaFonda, uh, they, they meet together. Uh, they, it, it, it started as an online romance, and they meet together. This is at the very end, uh, where they're about to get married. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, at the end of the movie, Kip looks at LaFonda. His, uh, he he kind of has a lisp, so it's like his soulmate. And, and uh, or what, I, don't, I, I can't say it like he does, but he looks at his soulmate, and he says this. He says, We met in a chat room, but now our love can fully bloom. Sure, the world wide web is great, but you, you make me salivate. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology, always and forever. (laughs) And I know that might be a little silly, but I can relate to Kip. Like, I love technology. Like, like if, if you've known me uh, for a long time, it might, be a little bit, it might be a little obvious that I've always loved technology. Like, that's just been my thing. Like, a lot of the stuff that you see here um, at, at the church and just what you've experienced in this worship experience, that's the type of stuff that I love to do. Like, the little background videos and everything, all the, like, social media and the graphics and stuff. I love technology. Like, that's my heart. And I love to use technology uh, to really, like, what I think, to push the mission of God forward. And so I, I try to use it to an advantage, but I also have this love-hate relationship with it. Like, like there's sometimes that I really love technology, but I, I also really hate it sometimes. Like, I also really get aggravated at it. And I love all the obvious things, but, uh, but there's sometimes where I just realize that, like, technology, it ends up like it starts to own me. Like, I start to become a slave to this little device. And that, that's the part that I really don't like about it, is how much I depend on it. And so, and so I have this love-hate relationship with it. And uh, I, I, I heard this quote from this pastor, actually out of Canada. His name's Kerry Newhoff. He's, he says this. He says, like money, social media is a great servant, but a horrible master. Like, you can use social media to your advantage, and that's great. But when it starts mastering you, you've got a serious problem. It's not good for you. And, and I want to start, uh, start this message today from really the words from Paul in 1 Corinthians. Uh, just to give you a little context before we read the scripture on here, uh, Paul is talking about 
Paul is talking to a church, to the, to the, to the church of Corinth, and he is, he is talking about them, about their sinful, and like they had some like really perverted and sinful actions. And Paul was explaining to them that essentially that in Christ, you can find freedom. Like there is freedom in Christ. And Paul is trying to explain this to them. But Paul's also saying that like he's trying to show them that like, hey, yeah, you can do, you can do everything. Like as humans, we're capable of doing a whole lot of things. But just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it. And so Paul's trying to explain that to the church. Let me just read the scripture. It'll help you understand. Here's what the, here's what the scripture says. The scripture says, I have, I have the right to do anything. Like I can do whatever I want but I will not be mastered by anything. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying that I can do some stuff, but I won't be mastered by it. Like, you can do some things, but don't be mastered by the things that you do. And it's one of my favorite scriptures, honestly, because I believe, I truly believe this, that the power of Christ in me should be bigger than anything else in my life. Like, the power of God in me should be bigger than any temptation in my life, the power of God in me should be bigger than any problem in my life. I truly believe that, and that's what this scripture says, is that you have the right to go and do what you want. Like, God's given you that free will to do what you want, but don't be mastered by anything of this world. And, and to me, it's, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not going to be mastered by it. Maybe, maybe for you and, and, and me as well, maybe it's an addiction to food. Like, like, I love me some food. Like, I just love food, all right? And, and it shows, and, and a lot of times it does show. It, it's just, and I love food. Like, and, and, but I'm not going to be mastered by it. Maybe some of you, maybe it's looking at something inappropriate. Like, like it, you can't be mastered by it. And some, many of us, so many of us, especially younger people, it's this. We're mastered by this device. And, and we just can't let go of it. And because of that, quite honestly, it, 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 it's mastered so many of us. And, and if I'm being honest in my life, I'm mastered by this thing too. Like, like, more times than not, I, I, I struggle with this device in my hand. Like, I become a slave to this device. And uh, to give you an idea and maybe to help you follow along with this message, I put together, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I've had a cold this week. Um, I put together six different ways to know that you might be mastered by social media. So I just, I got this little fun list here, and uh, I want to go through this list and... Uh, some of you, you're going to recognize this, and you're going to be like, oh man, I am mastered by social media. Here's a sign that you might be mastered by social media. Here's number six of this top six list. It says, I, I put down, your dog has its own Instagram page. You're mastered if your dog has, and, and, I, and I, this hurts me because my dog has its own Instagram page. So, <laughs> however, it, it wasn't necessarily my responsibility, but anyway, uh, you might be addicted to social media if you look forward to going to the bathroom so that you can get to level 7 on your game. Some of you, you're, some of you, you're in the bathroom and your legs are falling asleep. Like, you, you, you gotta, we got to fix this problem, all right? Uh, here's number four. You, you change your Facebook profile more than a 12-year-old girl. Like, some of you, you've got that problem. You, you constantly change your profile picture. Number three, uh, you might be addicted to social media if you say, uh, if you plan your Throwback Thursdays a week in advance, like you already know what you're going to post next Thursday. Number two, you might be addicted if you say sorry, not sorry in real life. Like, I've heard people tell me, like, it's, 
Don't, please don't do that. And number one, you might be addicted if you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear. Like, so, some of you, your charging station is under your pillow, and that is not healthy. Uh, so uh, get rid of it, all right? Don't, don't burn your house down. Please don't, all right? So uh, uh, take control of that. But anyway, that's just some fun things to just re- kind of relate to you. But honestly, so many of us, we, we, are, uh, we are addicted and, and, and we're mastered by it. Because so many of us, we're surrounded by people, but as we're surrounded by people, we're still just scrolling on our phone. Like, we're still on our phone. In the midst of some of your best friends, you're still scrolling on your phone. And, uh, and, and, and we're mastered by it. And every time this thing dings, whistles, or, or beeps, or, or vibrates, or whatever, we can't help but look at it. Like, we've just got to look at it. And, uh, and that's, it, it, so many of us, we're, we're mastered by this phone. In fact, uh, uh, psychologists are dealing with this new, uh, this new type of issue, and uh, it, it's very interesting. You're going to think I made this up, but I, I challenge you to Google it. Uh, but it, it is, they're, they're struggling with this issue. It's called nomophobia, and it's exactly probably what you're thinking. It's basically the fear of being away from your phone. Like, there are people who are actually just afraid of not having their phone close to them. Like, like they, get, they get really, really upset. In fact, <coughs> 66 uh, survey says that 66% of people have extreme anxiety if they lose connection or their battery goes dead uh, w- when they're away from their phone. 60% of people have severe anxiety when their phone is dead. And, if, and if it, in the age category, if you're 18 to 24 years old, that number goes up to 77%. 77% of, of 18 to 24 year olds that their phone is dead, they have extreme anxiety. And it's crazy, kind of, it's really crazy the world that we live in. And, and when I thought of that, I thought, wow, that's such a crazy statistic. Like, who would ever have, like, that much anxiety over their phone being dead? And it's like God was just laughing at me because it was like the next day that my phone went dead. And, and I went 45 minutes without my phone, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Like, I, I, I seriously, I, 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 at one point I thought to myself, I thought, I thought, I am so powerless without this device. Like, like how am I going to run the world without my phone? Like, I can't do it. Like, I, I got to be able to do it. And so, anyway, it was just like God was playing a joke on me. And it's, but it's so true that so many of us, we have this extreme anxiety just in, in, in the matter of an hour with our phone being dead or, or, or being lost or whatever. We get so upset. In fact, I threw some statistics onto your note-taking sheet. If you got a note-taking sheet on your way in, just for fun, here's some statistics for you to look at. 58% of people don't go one waking hour without checking their phone. Half of you, a little bit more than half of you, check your phone every single hour. Here's another one. 59% of people check their email as soon as it comes in. And this is a crazy one. 89% of people check their email daily on vacation. Come on. you got better things to worry about on vacation, everybody. But 89% of you check it daily on vacation. Here's the next one. 80% of teenagers actually sleep with their phone right beside them. And, and I guess I'm a teenager because I do the same thing. And, uh, and 84% of people believe that they could not go one day without their phone. Like they're scared to go one full day without their phone. <coughs> just to test this in this, in this room, um, I just wonder... How many of you, don't raise your hand yet, I'm going to have you raise your hand though, so you get kind of excited, all right? Uh, uh, <laughs> but I just wonder, how many of you in this room check your phone 
the last thing at night, and the first thing in the morning. Would you be honest? Be honest, because the Lord might strike you down right here in church, so be honest. Lift your hands if you check your phone. Last thing at night, first thing in the morning. Yes, yes. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, like a good almost everybody in here, right? So, so this, this message is for you, everybody. Like, this message is going to touch you. If you raise your hand, that was you. And uh, if you lied, you're, we, we've got other things to talk about. So, uh, anyway... This message is for you, and, uh, and, and, that's, and that's really what we're going to be talking about, is, is how, do we, how do we get away from these statistics? Like, how do we live without, I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to go all Amish and like live off the grid or anything, like don't, don't, don't do that. I'm just saying, don't be mastered by it. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is how, how not to be mastered by it. And, and just as I was working on this message and studying this message, I, I started studying my own habits. And there was one day this week, I, even, I literally put in my notes that I had three text messages come into my phone after 10.45 p.m., and not only that, but then after I read those text messages and responded to them, I just went ahead and popped open my email like every other normal person, right? And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, I popped open my email, and I read an email that was pretty, like, disturbing to me, and it, and it kind of upset me. And at the moment, there was nothing that I could do about it. And so what happens was, is that I ended up staying up the most tonight, just worried about that one email. And so it, it's just amazing. Like, like, start studying your habits. Like, you need more sleep at night? Stop checking your email before you go to bed. Like, stop doing it. Like, like and so anyway, that, that, it's just, like, just coming from me personally, I struggle with this issue on rest too. So I'm, I'm just trying to teach this. I'm trying to teach you what I'm learning today. All right, that, I, I'm just trying to teach you that. So um, anyway, that, that's just a little bit about me. But for so many of us, we have this like inability to shut down on the inside. Like we literally just can't shut ourselves down on the inside. In fact, for so many people, their default for like, like say they've got nothing to do, their default is to get out their phone and just start scrolling. Like, I've got nothing to do, so what am I going to do? I'm going to scroll on Instagram, I'm going to scroll on Twitter. Uh, if you're older, you're probably going to scroll on Facebook, uh, what, what, whatever, whatever it is. You're going you're gonna to scroll something like it, everybody does that. And, and when people have nothing to do and they get on their phone, what happens is, is that they're just doing it to waste their time. And, and actually what happens is, is that so many of us, we lay in bed and we scroll on our phones and our brain just never shuts down. Like our brain is just constantly running. And, and in fact, it's even harder for like younger people to work for long stretches, like a long period at a time, because, because they just don't know. Because every time that phone dings or beeps or does something, they, they lose their concentration. And so young people even have a harder time just working for longer stretches of time. Just because the thing vibrates in your pocket or, or dings or whatever, they lose their concentration as soon as that happens. And, and all of us, and I think we're... we're the culture is good in this part is that I think we can all admit that or we, we can all admit that we all like rest. Like we all like, we, we all believe that our body needs rest. But what I'm going to tell you today, and I hope that you can grasp this, is that I'm going to argue with you today that your soul needs rest as well. Like not only do you need physical rest, like your soul needs spiritual rest. That's that's just, that's what you need. And you need some spiritual rest long enough to find some peace in your life. Like, you just need some solitude in your life to just, to just understand the presence of God. Like, there is a God who created you, everybody. Like, He created you for rest, and He created you so, so that you can know Him, and you can walk 
daily with him, but so many of us, we, we don't do it because we don't find that, that rest, that spiritual rest that we need. Listen, I love technology, and I know that technology can be used for a lot of good, but I refuse to be mastered by anything. Like, I just won't be mastered by anything because I understand that Christ in me is bigger than any addiction in me. Christ in me is stronger than any wrong desire in me. And you've got to understand that. And you can't be mastered by it. I have to say to myself, I will not be mastered by this addiction. Whatever. And I'm not just, and you can take this as technology, but, but apply it to some other addiction in your life. May, I don't know what it is for you, but just say, maybe you just need to say to yourself, I'm not going to be mastered by this addiction. Like, like insert this blank, because Christ in me is stronger than any wrong desire in me. And so if you find yourself constantly connected, like constantly connected and frustrated and thinking that there's something more, here's what I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that God has a special rest for you. God has a special rest just for you, and it's actually available for your soul right now as we speak. God has a special rest. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm talking about. <coughs> Excuse me. Hebrews 4.9, it says this. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have, uh, who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. We learned that the seventh day, God rested after he created the world. And it goes on to say, so let us do our best to enter into that rest. That's the type of rest that I want. I want some soul rest that they're talking about here. And, and, that, and that's what we're going to talk about. So, so why, why is it that we don't find this rest that they're talking about? Why is it that we don't find this rest? Well, I love what St. Augustine said. St. Augustine said this. He said, <coughs> you have made us for yourself. Oh Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Hey, some of you right now, this captures exactly where you are. You've been looking for rest in every other place. Like you've been looking in rest, uh, you've been looking for something to bring you satisfaction, you've been looking for something to bring meaning to your relationships, you've been looking for something to fill that void. You've been looking for rest in all the wrong places. You've been looking for something to make you feel more significant. But what I'm here to tell you today is that you have a Christ-shaped void on the inside of you. And nothing besides Christ can fill that void. You've got something on the inside of you longing for something more. And it's a Christ-shaped void, and nothing but Him can fill that. Our soul is restless. I can tell you that your soul will be restless until it finds rest in Christ. Your soul will always be restless. And I love what Jesus says. I love the words of Jesus in Matthew. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And he'll do what? And he will give you rest. That's what he'll do. He'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That's what I want. I want the rest that Jesus is talking about. And so... There's a special rest for us in Jesus. So what do we do? How do we find that rest? Well, here's where we're at. And if you've missed the last couple of weeks, that's all right, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of recap. But we're at the end of what really, to me, is a very important five-part series in this, in this message series. And, and to me, this, is the, this should be the message where the rubber meets the road, everybody. Like, you're going to decide something today. You're either going to apply what you've learned from these past messages, 
and you're either going to apply them and do what God's called you to do, or you're just going to go on with life and just make no changes. And, and, so, and, and, and so this is where we are. And so the question is, how do we find true rest? Like, like we've been talking about technology for the past couple of weeks. So how in the world do we just find true, complete rest? And that, that's what we're going to talk about today. In fact, I've got two more thoughts, and then I'm going to let you go home. Here's two easy thoughts for you. Here's my first thought on how do we find rest. How do you find rest? Well, here's number one. This is mind-blowing. You just got to be still. Be still. Literally, the Bible says, in Psalm 4610, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And some of you, you just, you just need to hear that today. I wonder, some, I, I wonder how many of you, have you ever been around a small child that just couldn't, like, act right? Like, they just, they just were just crazy. Like, it, it seems to get worse and worse all the time. Or, or maybe I'm just getting older and older, and I just don't like children anymore. So, I don't, what, whatever. <laughs> That's awful. I'm 21 years old. I don't like children. The Lord's going to have to fix that. Uh, uh, but, uh, anyway, you ever been around a small child that just couldn't be still? Like, some of you, you're married to a big child. Like, that's, uh, that's uh, you're, you're just married to someone who can't be still. But, uh, but sometimes, like, when that happens, you just want to yell, like, set down. Like, shut up. Like, be still. Like, uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. You've all had those feelings. I'm not, I'm not the only one. That's what you want to do. You just want to sit down, chill out. Like, I, I'm here to tell you that sometimes you need to say that to your soul. Like, you need, to, you need to, like, say that to yourself. Say that to your soul and be like, chill out. Like, calm down. Take a step back. Like, cool it, man. And, and in fact, this is, what, this is what David says. David says in Psalm 131, he says, But I have stilled and quieted my soul. I want you to notice that that's what he did. So many of us were praying, Lord, just, would, you, would you just still my soul? Would you just quiet my soul? No, 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 no. What did David do? David, he did it. Like, it's an action that he did. He quieted his soul. He says, <coughs> it goes on to say, like a weaned child with his mother, uh, like a weaned child is my soul within me. What, what's he talking about here? Basically, like, like a baby that needs his mama. Like, like, let that be my soul in relation to God. Like, like I, I, you need to take some time and quiet your soul. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to grab a drink real quick. I'm sorry. You need to quiet your soul. That's, that's what we've got to do. And, and it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to quiet your soul. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> yeah, give it up for Dan. <laughs> Boy, it's been an interesting weekend, everybody. And so we, we, need, we have to learn how to quiet our soul. And let me just tell you that, like, I had a really hard time uh, just a couple years ago of, of just, like, working all the time. Like, when there was a task at hand for me, I just wanted to get it done. Probably, like, not in schoolwork, but, like, <laughs> in actual work. Like, when there was something to do, I want, I want to get it done, and many people who know me, uh, they know that that's still I still have this attitude, but, but for a little while, I was actually like seeking what, what you would probably call some spiritual counsel on this. Like, like I just felt like I was just like a workaholic, and, and I would stay late at work, and, and they'd be telling me, like, hey, you've got to go home. Like, it's, it's 5 o'clock. Just go home. Like, 
like stop and just just go home and and in this council that I had about really just like being a workaholic, uh, this guy, this, this pastor, he told me, he just said, he said, listen, you need to learn how to shut down. Like you need to learn how to like, like end the cycle, like, like shut, it, shut it down. And, uh, and, there's, and, and not only that, but I was in the small group as well where uh, my small group leader actually told me, he said, and I thought this was crazy, and it's funny how this all happens, because I, I came upon this blog that he was telling me about, but he, he was telling me about how he read just to spend five minutes and just, like, do absolutely nothing. Like, just shut yourself down for five minutes and do nothing. And, and when my small group leader told me that, I was like, you know, dude, you're an idiot. Like, like I'm not going to spend five minutes and just do nothing. Like, there's a lot that I can be doing in that five minutes, and I don't have the time to waste. I don't have five minutes to waste, but um, <coughs> when I went home, I actually tried to do it. Like, I tried to spend five minutes and literally do nothing and, like, still and quiet my soul, and, and what happened here is that when, when I tried to do nothing for five minutes, it was probably, like, one of the most difficult times in my life. Like, like you try to go home and, like, be, like, set in peace and quiet, and just do nothing. Like, it is so hard. Like, and, and, and I'm telling you, it is so, so difficult because immediately, it's almost like immediately when you try to get quiet or you try to do something, like your phone starts buzzing or there's something going on and you're like, oh man, what am I missing out? What am I missing out on on, on, on Instagram or Twitter? Like, like, what am I missing out on? And, and, and it's so difficult to just be still. And that five minutes was like the hardest time. I felt like it was like one of the hardest times in my life just to be still for five minutes. And some of you, you're probably out there like, man, he's nuts. Like I, like, I don't have time to be still for five minutes. But we read that scripture that said, be still. But when God says to be still, like, like you better listen. Like God says, be still. That means that you have to have the discipline not to be mastered all the time. Like have the discipline to be still and not be mastered all the time, and take that time to just really contemplate the goodness of who God is. Like, take some time to be still. Just be still and know that He is God. Like, just take some time and still your soul. And without all the distractions from the world, and for some of you, it might not be this phone. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's the TV you need to turn off. I don't know what it is. Take some quality time. Five minutes. Still your soul. And can I tell you when I learned that in my life, when I started doing that, I never heard God speak to me more clearly. Like, you want to hear from God, and I'm not saying that you're going to hear an audible voice or anything. Quiet your soul. And for so many of us, it, just what we did was just so awkward. Like, get used to it. Quiet your soul. Do what the Bible says. Be still. And know that he is God. 
You might just have to, you might just have to say, well, God, listen, you can run the universe without me for five minutes. <laughs> like, you can do it. I trust you. But be still. Just chill. And focus. Focus on him. And enjoy his presence. Listen, and don't just be still and start asking for things. Don't do that. Just be still. Enjoy his presence. Don't worry about anything. Just be still and know who he is. It's amazing that we have a God who created the universe that loves us. Be still and understand his love for you. Can you do that, everybody? Can you take five minutes? Five minutes this week. Be still and know who he is. Embrace his goodness. Enjoy the beauty of a God who loved you so much and, and who you can love as well. Be still and know that he is God. I want you to try that with me. You got it? Try that with me. Try it this week. Just try it. I promise something different will happen. You don't have the time not to be still, everybody. You don't have the time not to do it. You've got to do it. So be still. And finally, as we wrap this thing up, here's the second thing. You need to make a plan. <coughs> you need to make a plan. Proverbs 13, 16, it says this, a wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't and even brags about it. Like, <laughs> come on, everybody. Like, the Bible's funny, all right? So I, I know I just put you through some awkward silence, but that is just like, all right, a fool doesn't and even brags about it. Perfect. I know some people like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, so make a plan. You've got to make a plan. How are you going to be still? And a lot of you, you're constantly like looking on your phone and you say that, well, it's, it's not that big a deal. Can I tell you that, that when you're just mindlessly scrolling, I'm telling you that it's hurting something. It's hurting your relationship with somebody else. It's hurting your intimacy with, with God. It's distracting you from raising your children. For so many of you, it's distracting you from raising your children. It's literally hurting your, some of your, your marriages and, and you don't have control over it. You've got to acknowledge what it is. Acknowledge that this is the wrong thing to do, and don't be mastered by it. And I don't know what it is for you, but, um, <coughs> but even just like for me, it's just like sometimes I've just got to be like, Noah, for 30 minutes, the church can run without you, without you on your phone, everybody. Like, like for some, maybe that's, maybe that's just your 30 minutes, your, your hour or whatever, just during family dinner. I don't know what it is for you, but but for us, that, 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 that is what it is for me. But you need a plan. You need a plan to make it happen. And not only do you need a plan, but you need, like a, you need an offensive plan and you need a defensive plan. Because every good team has a good offensive plan and a good defensive plan. That's what you need. And so, so let me break this down for you and, and, and for, so that you can understand that you will not be mastered by anything because Christ in you is more powerful than the wrong desires in you. So... What does this look like? If you got your note-taking sheet, I literally left you like three blank lines under offensive and defensive. And so for you, you can make your custom plan, but I want you to really actually think about this. Like, how do I actually find rest in my soul? What's some defensive things that you can do? Well, maybe for some of you, you need to like just put your phone up during a, during a meal, like during a dinner together. Like, just get rid of your phone. Or maybe, maybe you go to small group. Like, get rid of your phone after, uh, for small group. Or maybe... Maybe it's just like after 10 o'clock, I'm going to turn off my phone or get rid of it and, and, and get it out. Um, some of you, for sometimes, especially in church, just put it on do not disturb. Like, like just, just at least do that. Um, for some of you, you just need to set it on the night setting. Um, for some of you, you just need to leave it with somebody else. Like, 
Um, maybe when you go on vacation, like, try not to look at social media and post all your beach pictures. It'll help you and me not to feel bad. <laughs> so some of you, you just need to, you just, 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 just get rid of social media. Some of you, it, it's, it's turning off some of those crazy notifications. Like, I get notifications when somebody posts a photo. Like, I don't care about you posting a photo, and I probably get a thousand a day about dumb things like that. Like, turn off some of your notifications, or some of you, maybe you just need to take a break on it. Or, and so that's some defensive ways. Maybe an offensive way is this. Maybe, maybe instead of opening your phone right to the holy Facebook, uh, whenever you get up in the morning, maybe you need to open up the Bible app that you haven't touched in a couple years, like, or since January or whatever it is. Like, open that baby up and maybe use your phone as an offensive weapon to say, hey, I'm going to read the Bible on my phone today. Or maybe it's just like we talked about, like five minutes of solitude and rest. Maybe it's a consistent prayer time. That's your offensive plan. Instead of looking on Facebook, I want to pray for those people that I'm looking at on Facebook. Like, uh, or, or maybe it's, maybe you just need to turn some worship music on. Use your phone for some worship music. Hey, that How I Need You song is my favorite song right now. I love that song. I about cry every time we sing that song. I love it. Maybe you need to turn that on. Maybe for some of you, you just need to come home from work and you just need to go outside. It's about to get really nice in the name of Jesus outside. And, uh, and, and some of you need to just go outside and like look at the sunset and like, and like understand the beauty of God's creation. Don't post a picture of it and put it on Instagram or Facebook. Like everybody else can see the same sunset that you can see. But uh, it just, just please, just go outside and, and enjoy it for yourself without having to capture it on a moment. So I just want to encourage you, go home. Write down some, uh, write down some defensive and some offensive plans for you this week. And, uh, and really try to do those things. And, because this is really where we decide, like, am I staying where I'm at? Or am I going somewhere? Like, and, and, and for some of you, you're so mastered by this little device, it's not even funny. And so, and, and so this is like, this is where you decide, right here, right now. Like, if we would, like, let me just recap a little bit of the, of the whole series, and then we're, gonna, then we're gonna finish this thing off. You got it? You got it, everybody? You got it? All right, we're just gonna recap a little bit. So, so here's what we talked about in week one. We said that, that technology really hurts us in, in, in the idea of comparing with people. Like, the more that we compare the more discontent we are. In fact, we talked about distancing ourselves from those comparisons, and we talked about that when Christ is all that you have, he's actually all that you need. And so you don't need to compare anymore. Week number two, <coughs> we talked about relationships and the idea that, like, so many people have this FOMO, this fear of missing out, and, like, they're actually missing out on, like, they're, they're, they're afraid of missing out on something, but they're actually missing out on the very people that they love the most that's right in front of them. And so for some of you, you need to fix your relationships. Others of you, maybe it was week three, we talked about that the more filtered we are, the less authentic we are. And we said that only Christ can remove the veil. Like there is a veil over you that filters you, but, but only Christ can remove that veil and, and, and get to the unveiled version of you. Week number four, we, talked, we said that the more pain that we see, the less we care. Like, like we said that True compassion demands action. And, if, and, if, and, and really, to say that you care and not act is to not care at all. In fact, the Bible says that they will know that you, we are Jesus' disciples, not by the followers of, of, of people that we have on Instagram, but they said that we'll know that we're his disciples by the way that we love one another. And for some of you, you just need to start loving each other. And today, we talked about how really our brain doesn't shut down and 
and how really insulting it is and that the default action for us is to just scroll on our phone. It's really just insulting to God. Can I tell you right now, you need to focus in if you don't hear anything else. Hear this, like listen, you were created for something so much more than this. You were created for so much more. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying just to go throw it away. Use it, but don't be mastered by it. Don't let this thing control your life. Don't let the opinions of other people on this thing control your life. Like, use it, but don't be mastered by it. And for some of you today, that will set you free right there. You just need to, you just need to know that. And, and as we close, I just got this verse, and I, I think it's just really appropriate for where we're at. This is what Jeremiah says. He says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Some of you, you're, you're at these crossroads. Like you're at a crossroads right now. You're here. And you can decide either I'm going to move forward and not be mastered by this, or I'm going to live the same old crazy life that I'm living. And some of you, you're at this crossroads this morning. And you've got the decision. Am I going to move forward, or am I staying where I'm going? Am I staying on the same path? The verse goes on to say, ask for the ancient past. Like, what is he talking about here? What's some ancient past for us? Like, an ancient path for us would be prayer, literally praying. An ancient path would be seeking God. An ancient path for us would be fasting. Maybe some of you, you just need that five minutes, that solitude in, in, in you, and you need to start doing that. And that's an ancient path. And it goes on to say, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. That's what I want, everybody. I just want some rest for my soul. And I'm learning along with you. And I'm learning not to be mastered by this little device. And I've learned that, listen, I'm going to be still. And I'm going to know that there is someone greater than that device who loves me. There's someone more deserving of my worship than this thing. Like, there's someone more deserving than me. Like, I need to spend some time with him. There's something more than just on this earth. I can tell you that the Bible says that when you put God first, you put him first, and you put him with all of your heart, he will then add everything that matters to you. He'll give the, the, things that you, the things that you like, when you put him first, he'll put those right beside it. But you've just got to make that decision to put him first. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Some of you this morning, that's what you need to do. You just need to still your soul. You need to quiet your soul and just know that he is God. Know that the creator of the universe, he loves you, and not only does he love you, but he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you, to take away every sin that you've ever committed, every bad thing that you've ever done. He wipes it away through the cross of Jesus. But the good news is, is that not only did he stay dead and pay for your sins, but he rose again just to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And this morning, some of you, you need to start. You're at this crossroads, and you need to start just by committing your life to him. Just by saying, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I'm going to start putting you over my phone. I'm going to start putting you over my TV. I'm going to start putting you over my friends, whatever it is. <coughs> For so many of you this morning, that's where you're at. If that's you this morning and you just say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, all you have to do is pray this very short and simple prayer. And when you pray it and you believe it in your heart, 
He'll be, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will live inside of you. For some of you, you need that today. And that's you. If that's you, and you want to pray this prayer with us, and you say, I'm going to commit my life to Christ today, on the count of three, I wonder if you would just raise your hand. With every head bowed and eyes closed, on the count of three, raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Would you lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many of you, we're giving it up. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, would you pray this after me? Pray this after me. Mean it in your heart. Christ will live in you. Pray this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer?